Greetings to you, my friend. Welcome to the broadcast today. What a delight it is to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us. My Bible is sitting open to the book of Titus, Titus in chapter two. We are into some very practical teaching here, teaching from God himself, the Holy Spirit, moving on the life of the apostle Paul, who was the human penman, but this is God's word about how local churches operate. And we're into a very particular kind of teaching section here. So if you can, get your Bible and join me, the book of Titus in chapter two. Get something on which you can jot some notes. Now, as my announcer said, gospel tracks are the main function of this ministry, our radio program. We love doing radio, but it is not the main thrust of what we do. We publish gospel tracks, and a gospel tract is simply a short written presentation of God's plan of salvation. There's an air of excitement in my voice and in my life right now because tomorrow I get on an airplane to fly to Cuba and I get to meet the brothers there. We have been printing tracks inside of Cuba for a number of years now, and I'm going to go down. This will be my third trip. Going to go down and see how the ministry is. I get to teach some godly leaders. I get to preach the gospel to the lost. I am excited, and I get to eat some Cuban food, and oh, it, it is wonderful. Well, I'll say more about that perhaps here in just a moment. I want to talk about gospel tracks in a second, but let me prepare Prepare us for our look here in Titus 2 this way. In my travels to speak in churches, I tend to see churches that have almost exclusively older people or almost all younger people. And sometimes this is due, sadly, to a plan uh, by the leaders of the church. I don't think it's a wise plan. But often it is due to the lack of personal growth, growingness in the lives, listen to me now, in the lives of older saints. Now, I make that statement not to be harsh. I really don't want to be harsh. But what I mean is that often older saints have become content with their spiritual development and are no longer actively seeking to grow more to be like Jesus. And they have stopped having a ministry mindset. Your body may not let you minister like you once did, but we need to maintain a ministry mindset. Recently, I was part of a missions conference here in the state of Illinois, and one of the veteran missionaries spoke from 1 Timothy 5 on widows in the local church. My thought was, man, what are you doing? Well, before he got done, he had shown through the scriptures the powerful service ministry mindset of godly older women in missions, the missions program of the local church. And the speaker had elevated the role of older women to a place of significant ministry. It was tremendous. So, What is the local church pastor supposed to be doing and promoting in the lives of the older women at his church? That's where we're at today. Get your Bible, please. I mentioned gospel tracts here a moment ago. I've got one in my hand right now. This one's entitled, Ready to Die. Ready to Die. It is a track based upon the life of a soldier named James Dunkley who gave his life in the service of our country. But he, at 14, already knowing Christ as Savior, when he was 14, he developed a life motto, which was ready to die. He even got himself, made himself, designed himself his own logo. And this 
young man decided to live his life with eternity's values in view and what an impact his life had. He was a quality soldier. He was a godly man. He was a man whose life touched many, as you'll see in the track. This track will just bolster the backbone, spiritual backbone of any young man, young gal that reads it, any man that reads it, and you're going to see the impact of one life. What a power track, Ready to Die. Friend, the gospel's clear. Please get this track from us. At the end of the program, my announcer will give you three different ways by which you can contact us. Do so. We'll send you a free sample packet of our tracks, or you can just go to our website, which is BibleTracksInc.org. All right. If your Bible's open, Titus 2, beginning of verse 2, the Bible says that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in the faith, in charity, in patience. New sentence here, new focal point. Verse 3, that aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. We'll stop there for today. Now, let me do a quick reminder here. There are, in the book of Titus, only three major topics, three major themes, which are, number one, the gospel, number two, a gospel life, and number three, gospel enemies. As the Holy Spirit moved on the Apostle Paul to write to Titus, the Spirit of God had Paul give to Titus clear statements about what local churches needed. They needed godly leaders who know the gospel and how to have a gospelized life. I don't know if the word gospelized is really a word, but I'm using it. Churches then We're told in chapter 2, need godly laymen, men and women who practice, again, a gospelized life. And then churches need to be guarded against religious teachers who alter the gospel or who alter what a gospelized life looks like. All right, I've used that word gospelized. What does it mean? In short, a gospelized life is a life that looks like Jesus in our mannerisms and in our manners, our way of living. In chapter 2 of Titus, there are really only three paragraphs, but my outline for chapter 2 has five points. I'm using five words, all beginning with the letter T, like in the word tomato here, as my outline. Let me give you all five points real quickly. Number one, truth, truth, verse one. Number two, teach, teach, based upon verses two to five. Number three, train, train, verses six to eight. Number four, trustworthy, trustworthy, verses nine and 10. And lastly, the word is testify, testify, verses 11 to 15. We're back to the gospel there. Verse number one deals with the truth. The pastor is to truth the people. But then, beginning at verses two, going on to verse five, the pastor is to teach the older saints. 
This is the section we're in today. Now, on Monday, we looked at verse 2, and there we saw what a pastor was to be doing to build better, older men. Now, in verses 3, 4, and 5, we see what the goal of a pastor is in building better, older women. Please see that in verse 4 that the older women are going to be teaching the younger women. And it's always wise to have godly, wise women who are in the forefront of teaching other women. Now, that's to be always true. But please notice that these verses, this passage, is addressed to pastors. Pastors also are to have a teaching role in the lives of older women. Obviously, primarily, that will be done through this pulpit ministry. Now, What is the goal of a pastor as it relates to the older women in his church? There is one word that describes the overarching goal. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 begins this way. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, as becometh holiness. They are to be suitably sacred. That's what the idea of holy means, suitably sacred. The word here really comes from the idea of being a priest. You know what a priest does. No matter the religion, even in pagan religions, the priest was to display the traits which the God that they were worshiping was known for. Well, since Jehovah, the true and living God, the only real God, since Jehovah is holy, then godly women, older women, ought to also bear the distinctive mark of holiness. Uh, Yes, obviously, that does not mean that older men don't have to be holy. If you look at verse 2, the things listed there are, in essence, the qualities of a holy life. But... What we do see here in verses 3, 4, and 5 is a list of qualities or life characteristics that God is looking for in a holy life of a life of an older woman. Oh, have you realized this, that so much of our walk with God is, is really hard to measure and to quantify? If I were to ask you to measure your prayer life, you would be hard-pressed to know what measuring tool to use. Here, though, we are given by God in his word what he says are the hallmarks, the measuring tools of a holy lady's life. In one sense, all the things found here in verses 3, 4, and 5 can be put into one of two categories, a lady's mouth and a lady's mothering a lady's mouth, and a lady's mothering. First of all, holy mothers, holy women's mouths are to to be talked about here. First of all, holy women's mouth is talked about. She is not a false accuser. She does not use much wine, and she teaches good things. Do you see those two words there, false accusers? They translate the Greek word here, diabolos, diabolos. Now, does that word ring any bells in your brain? It's the word used of the devil. 
Actually, this word is translated devil in the New Testament. When Jesus went out into the wilderness those 40 days, he was tested of the devil. That's the word here, diabolos. Satan is the diabolos. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is the father of lies. The very last thing any person, man or woman, saved or lost, ought to be doing is having a life trait that epitomizes Satan, that looks like Satan. Verse 3 gives us the positive side, though. The negative side, no false accusing. The positive side is that we're not going to do malicious accusing of people, but we are, rather, going to have things that come out that are good things. We are about to see here in these verses a, a list of things here in Titus 2 that epitomize what those good things are. Now, let me just bring this broadcast to a conclusion this way. Anybody naming Jesus Christ as Savior is to strive to practice holiness. Part of that practice is to stop our mouths from malicious, hurtful, designed talk, talk designed to do damage to people. We are instead to speak the truth in very loving tones. So tell me, beloved, how is your mouth doing? Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him. <music>